pastor mentioned this, that he's been in a wonderful series now for a few weeks on up and over. Lots of awesome ups that we have heard about. We've heard buckle up, look up, lift up, pray up, speak up, and stand up. And a few weeks ago when he was ministering, another up kind of dropped in my heart. And this up is lock up. Lock up. Some people are like, uh, that doesn't sound real good right now. But no, I'm not talking about locking up people. Lock up is what we're talking about. You know what? In the natural, you lock the doors of your house or your car as a safety measure. Why do we do that? To protect ourselves our families, and our possessions. We need to do that, don't we? We need to get in the habit of locking our front door if you don't at night, locking your car just because we don't want to give any any opportunity to somebody trying to come in and steal what is ours. Well, we need to do the same thing spiritually. We need to have a lock on our heart. And we also need to keep that door shut to the devil. Whose responsibility is it to lock the doors of our house or our car? It's ours. There's not somebody in your neighborhood, not in ours anyway, that drives through the neighborhood at night and says, Oh, lock your car, lock your door. No, we have the responsibility to do that. And we have that same responsibility spiritually. We are the ones that are in charge of what we allow into our spirit, into our minds, even into our bodies. The enemy will try to attack our bodies. But we are the legal guardians of what we allow into our hearts, what we allow into our emotions, and what it tries to attach itself to our bodies. And the word of God is clear. This is not a negative message, but we do have an enemy. Has anybody figured that out? We have an enemy. His name is the devil, Satan, Lucifer, whatever you want to call him. He is an enemy and he is looking for ways to get in to our lives. The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 27, it says this, Neither give place to the devil. What's the understood subject of that sentence? Anybody that was good in, in school? James, do you know? I wasn't good in school. He wasn't good in school. He doesn't know. The understood subject. <laughs> I can verify that. He passed. He graduated. Thank the Lord. Mercy of God. But anyhow, the understood subject is you. You neither give place to the devil. Amen. And that word place there comes from the Greek word called topos. Did I say it close enough? And that topos is the same root word in our English language that we get topographical. Now I mess up. Topographical. There we go. Topographical. And that is the word that where we get maps, places, ground, territory from. And this is literally saying, don't give the devil any territory in your life. Don't give him an opportunity to take 
advantage of you. Amen? Again, the Bible is pretty clear, very clear. In 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 2, verse 11, this is in the New King James, it says, Lest Satan should take an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Point to yourself and say, I'm not ignorant. I'm quick. I'm sharp. I'm bright. I'm a major blessing. And add this. I'm good looking. And then add this one. And I'm full of the word. You know, people sometimes say this saying, ignorance is bliss. No, it is not. Ignorance is not bliss. Just because we don't know a scripture or we don't know something in the word of God doesn't mean that the devil won't try to take advantage of us. The Bible actually says that my people are destroyed for what? A lack of knowledge. So just not knowing who we are and what we have in Christ Jesus does not mean that the enemy will say, oh, they don't know their authority, so I'm not going to bother them. No, it's usually the reverse. If we don't school ourselves into the word of God and we don't meditate on who we are in Christ Jesus, he will look at that as an open door to come and try to take advantage of us he is a defeated foe but we have the responsibility to enforce his defeat and to keep the entry points into our life closed by acting on the word of god i have a funny story to tell you all some of you have heard this maybe some of you haven't it was a few years ago it was in a it was evening time and we have our, our garbage cans. They're not, they're just on the side of our house and the one in the kitchen was full. The garbage was full. So I was just going to take this garbage outside. And when I did, I left the sliding glass door to our backyard open because it's a quick little walk. Walked out there, took the garbage out. To my dismay, <laughs> when I walked back in our family room, there was a banny rooster sitting in our living in our family room just sitting there it had snuck in when i left the door open and of course i'm startled and i call for pastor and he's upstairs either on the phone or something and i'm saying there's a chicken in our house no response and so I, I'm near the kitchen and I did, I thought, well, if I don't get this thing out, he's going to run into the living room or whatever. So I grab a broom, shoo the thing out and close the door. The chicken was gone. But the next day when Pastor Mark and I came home from the office, we pull up in our driveway and I see this thing. It was a banny rooster. Those are, they're cocky little dudes. I see this thing sitting in the bushes like he owns the place the bushes between our house and our neighbor's house so i said to pastor i said you know it's a neighborly thing we need to go ask him maybe this is their chicken or something we need to go ask him if this chicken belongs to them so we go and knock on the door pastor and i are standing there 
talking to this sweet, our neighbors are very sweet Indian people. They're elderly folks, just very sweet. They don't speak a whole lot of English, but we always smile and wave and kind to one another. But anyhow, we're standing there talking to her, asking her if this is that chicken. And her chicken is hers. While we're talking to her, the chicken runs between Pastor Mark and I into her house. And the sweet little Indian lady, all she did was say, Oh, dear. Oh, dear. As she watches this chicken run past her. It didn't just go in the door. It made a beeline for the back of their house. And Pastor Mark, this was his answer to the situation. He says to her, Don't worry about it. She grew up on a farm. She knows what to do. I'm like... I know what to do with this chicken that just ran in their house. Well, at that point, I figured I better help her. She's just standing there going, oh, dear. Oh, dear. So I said, okay, can I come in? I'll help you. Yes. So I go to the very back of her house. Her husband is physically challenged. He had a stroke or something. He has a walker sitting in front of him. He's sitting on the couch in the back. That chicken had jumped up on the arm of the couch where her little husband is sitting. He looks like traumatized, like, what is going on here? So the broom worked the first night getting it out of our house. So I said, do you have a broom? She's like, what? And I'm going, broom, broom. She gets me her broom. I hit the banny rooster. It hopped off of the couch. I'm trying to shoo it out. And it makes a be- it made a beeline for her kitchen table. <laughs> Hopped up on the chair. And I'm hitting it with the broom. Hops up on the table. The whole time, the lady and her, her husband, his eyes are huge. <laughs> and she's saying, oh, dear. <laughs> it went from the table to the chandelier above her kitchen table. It's roosting up there going, you know, a chicken spreading out its wings like it owns the place. I told you those banny roosters are cocky. He thought he perched up there. I kept hitting it with the broom. Finally, it jumped off of the chandelier. I knocked it off, back on the table, back on the chair, down on the floor. I'm shooing it all the way. This whole time, Pastor Mark's guarding the door. He's in. (laughs) While I'm in there dealing with this chicken. I shooed it as far as I could. She had her fireplace in their living room by the front door. The thing ran into her open fireplace. Thank God there wasn't any ashes in there. But she still is saying, oh dear. So then I, I don't know why I said this. So do you have an old towel? Towel, towel, I'm going towel, towel, rug, whatever. She brings me an old towel, threw it down on top of the chicken, grabbed it by the neck and its body. And then the sweet little lady says, go, go, go. So I'm carrying the chicken out of her house. Say to pastor, you know, we got to get rid of this thing or it'll come back. So he's, he's driving the getaway car, stops up, turns on the car, gets the engine running, 
opens the door for me. I get in. I'm holding this chicken. And it happened to be in the summer. I'm wearing white pants, holding this dirty chicken, thinking, oh, Lord. So anyway, he's like, where are we going? I was like, I don't know. Just drive. Just drive. We got to get it to a park. And so we're right down. We've gone a couple of miles, and we have a mosque in our neighborhood, and there's a playground out in front of it. And right when we get in front of the mosque, the chicken starts going, raising up its head, I said, oh, honey, pull over. I think it's going to go to the bathroom. I threw it out. Right in front of the mosque. And guess what? We never saw or heard from it again. Thank God. It never returned. What's the lesson? What's the point in my chicken story? Keep the door closed and locked. Lock up or you never know what might try to get in. Just like that chicken, the devil will take advantage of an open door. He is sneaky and he is creepy. Remember what happened in the Garden of Eden. Look over in Genesis chapter 2. Let's get back in the Word. Y'all enjoy that story? True story. Wow. Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. And the Lord took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. That word there, dress, means groom. The word keep in the Hebrew means to guard and to protect. Adam had God-given authority given to him to watch over, guard, protect, and keep the evil intruders out of the garden. Why would God had, why would God have said to him, I'm putting you here to watch over, to guard, to keep the garden if he didn't know there was going to be an intruder that showed up. God knew that the devil had a scheme and a plan. Nothing catches him by surprise. But he had given Adam what he needed to keep the devil out. He put him in charge. When the enemy crossed the line and lied to Eve, Adam didn't have to eat the fruit. He didn't have to eat the fruit. He could have said to Eve, no, we're not doing that. But instead, what did he do? He blamed Eve and he blamed God for their fall and their failure. What did he say? Oh God, it's the woman that you gave me. It's your fault for giving me her. So you... Two of you are to blame, and I'm the innocent bystander here. No, that wasn't what God wanted to hear, and that wasn't the truth. He gave Adam the authority. It's kind of the same today. People love to play the blame game. Oh, it's my husband's fault. Oh, it's my wife's fault. You know, I wouldn't have gotten so mad if my kids hadn't pushed all of my buttons. Or this wouldn't have happened in our household if you hadn't have done this or you hadn't have said that. No one can make us get out of the love walk. 
There's people that can sure try, but they can't make us step out of that place of peace and safety and protection. And no one can take the authority that we should be taking in our own lives. People can agree with us. That's what we're here for. We are a family at Heart of the Bay. If if there's an attack going on in your life, we want to know about it. We want to come alongside with you and stand with you. But no one can take the authority that you need to take. No one can speak to the enemy what's going on in your life like you can. We come into agreement and thank God for faith buddies. But every one of us, especially in a church like this, we are not ignorant. And ignorance is not bliss. We know what to do. And we know how to act on the word of God. And we know how to take our God-given authority. All of us must meditate on the word for ourselves. And before we get down on Adam and say, well, he should have, he would have, he could have, he should have, we need to take a look at our own lives and see, am I giving the devil any place in my garden? Is he trying to steal any fruit in my life? Is he coming to rob in the area of my finances or my peace or joy or my health? Take a look to see what's going on in our lives. And if, if we're not having days of heaven upon the earth, we need to know that we can take authority over these attacks. Of course, attacks are going to come. We know that. We're not saying that. But we are going to give you some tools right now on how to keep the door locked to the enemy. The number one thing is to, like Pastor already preached it, but word up, word up. Fill your heart with the word of the living God. Amen. I'm just going to highlight these because we, we don't have time to go on them in death. You know this. But Psalms 119 verse 11. In the New King James. It says this. Your word I have hidden in my heart. That I might not sin against you. And then I don't know if we have God's word translation. If we don't, just listen to this one. I have treasured your promise in my heart. So I might not sin against you. I love that. The word is to be cherished and to be treasured in our hearts. And the psalmist David said, I've hidden your word, I've cherished your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. But the word is not just a sin preventative. The word is a safety measure that we need to take. The word of God locked in our heart. You can look up many scriptures on that. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 20 to through uh, 23 is talking about inclining our ears to the word of God. Don't let it depart from before our eyes. Keep it 
in the midst of your heart. It is the most precious thing. And then Jesus himself told us that we need to get the word of God in our heart in abundance. He said over in the gospels, Jesus said out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. One person said it like this, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth leaketh. So whatever is in our heart in abundance is going to come out of our mouth. There's a lot of fear and anxiety that is just flowing out of people's mouths right now. Don't yield to that. If you're tempted to be afraid, hide the word of God in your heart in abundance. Find scriptures on thou shalt not fear. Hallelujah. He's not given me a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. I don't have to be afraid of evil tidings cause my what my heart is fixed my heart is established on the word of God feed faith into your heart so faith is what will come out of your mouth in abundance lock up the word of God in your heart and it will lock out the enemy from trying to get that stuff into your heart. Everybody raise your hand and say this. I will not fear. In Jesus name. Amen. I'm going to act on the word. That's so important. That we read and we meditate. And we speak the word of God. Pastor last Sunday we did it. We'll do it again. But on a regular basis. Speak the 91st Psalm. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will what? Say. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge. He is my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. We could go on and on, but you know that psalm. If you don't have it marked, if you don't have it laminated, we had these at one time. We probably still do this little thing. I carry it around with me. It's got Psalms 91 in the uh, King James and on the back in the Amplified. Say, speak the word of God. This came to me as I was studying and I wrote it down. It just came right out of my heart. The word of God is the latch on the door. The word of God is the latch on the door of our hearts that keeps fear, worry, anxiety, strife. It keeps those things out. If you'll be full of the word of God, there's no room for that to get in. And that's what we're talking about today. Amen. The word of God creates a wall of redemption. You know the story of Noah and his family. You can read it over there in Genesis. But Noah was instructed to build an ark. An ark of safety for his family. He had to build that ark with his hands. 
do what God told him to do to the very details of how big and all of this. Noah was instructed to build an ark. And it says there, for the saving of his family. He built this ark. You and I are also instructed to build an ark of safety for our families, for our loved ones. We don't build it with our natural hands, but we build it with our faith and with our words. That Again, that's why it's so important to speak the word. It builds a wall of redemption around you. It builds like a fortress of defense around you and your family. And when we do what we are instructed to do, when we trust and we obey him, we have divine intervention. When Noah built that ark and he did what he was told to do, God shut the door. The people were outside saying, let us in, let us in. Noah couldn't open that door and neither could they. God shut the door of that ark to keep the flood waters out from hurting or harming his family. When we build that ark for our families with our words and with our faith, God will, he'll he'll get involved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he'll get involved with divine intervention. He'll get involved with the angels of the Lord posted at the entry points in your life. And that the enemy cannot trespass. Hallelujah. We, this is another thing. uh, How we keep the word of God locked in our hearts. Keep the devil locked out. We've got angelic assistance. Again, we're just highlighting these, but these, this is good stuff. You ought to look up all the times in the Bible where there was angelic protection and angelic provision, if need be. I don't know what's going to happen in the future, but I know who holds the future. And I know he's holding me in the palm of his hand. I know he's given his angels charge over me. Psalms 91, 11. We started reading some of it, but verse 11 in the passion says, God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. Woo! Hallelujah. I think there was a silly sci-fi movie. James would probably know this one years ago about Defenders of the Galaxy. Was there something titled that? Or Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy, right? (laughs) Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, we don't have crazy sci-fi things trying to guard and protect us. But we do have defenders. Hallelujah. Woo! Defenders of our life watching over us. And they are called CIA, Covenant Enforcing Agents. They are the angels of the Lord. Hallelujah. They hearken to our words. And the Bible further says they are encamped round about us. Psalms 34, 7 in the Amplified. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, 
who revere and worship him with awe. And each one of them he delivers. Woo! (laughs) Say, he delivers me. I will never, say this, I will never fall prey to the snares of the enemy. I got angelic protection. They're watching over me. They're encamped round about me. Woo! I looked up that word encamp and it literally means this. To set up or to occupy camp. And then another one was to establish a place. Woo-hoo-hoo! They have established a place around those who will enlist them. Send them forth. Use your angels. Use the weapons of our warfare. The name, the word, the blood, angelic assistance. These things belong to covenant believers. Angels establish a camp around those who revere, worship, and trust in the Lord. Say, that's me. They set up a perimeter of defense. Glory to God. I want to tell you another story. And these are not make-believe stories. The chicken story really happened. This really happened. I heard this years ago from uh, Lynette Hagen shared this. Y'all listen to this. Some of you have heard this. A young missionary was on furlough. That means he came home (laughs) from his time in uh, Africa. And he told this story while visiting his home church in Michigan. While serving at a small field hospital in Africa, every two weeks I traveled by bicycle through the jungle to a nearby city for supplies. It was a two-day journey, so he knew he had to camp overnight in the jungle at the halfway point. On one of these journeys, I arrived in the city where I collected money from the bank, purchased medicine and supplies, and then began my two-day journey back to the field hospital. But as he was leaving the city, I observed two men fighting, one of whom had been seriously injured. So I stopped and I treated him for his injuries. At the same time, I talked to him about the Lord Jesus Christ. I then continued my journey, camped overnight, and arrived home without incident. Two weeks later, I made the same journey. Upon arriving in the city once again, I was approached by the young man that I had treated. He told me that he knew that I was carrying money and medicines. So he said, I went and got some of my friends. We followed you into the jungle, knowing you would camp overnight. We planned to kill you, take your money and your drugs. But just as we were about to move into your camp, camp, we're talking about camp here, (laughs) we saw that you were surrounded by 26 heavily armed guards. At this, the missionary laughed and said, I certainly was not. I was alone in the jungle at that campsite. The young man persisted and said, No, sir, you were not alone. I was not 
the only person who saw you. All five of saw them. All five of my friends also saw them. And we counted 26 heavily armed guards. When we saw them, we were afraid and we left you alone. At this point in his message, remember he's at his home church in Michigan sharing this. At this point in his message, one of the men in the congregation jumped to his feet and interrupted the missionary. And he asked if he could tell him which day this happened on. The missionary told the entire congregation the date. The man who interrupted the story said, On the night of your incident in Africa, it was morning here. I was preparing to go golf. Now that's go play golf anyway. He says, but I had this sudden urge to pray for you. It kept growing and got so strong. I called up several men in the church and said, can you come to the church and pray with me? I sense this missionary's life is in danger. At that point, The missionary didn't care who the men were, but he said, if you were one of those men that came and prayed for me that day, would you all stand? As they stood up, he began to count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twenty-six. Twenty-six men stood up. Hallelujah. I don't know how that works, but I know this. The angels of the Lord encamp around about those who worship, who reverence, who fear the Lord. And those 26 men yielding to prayer, somehow or another, God caused 26 angels to show up and to guard and to protect that missionary. He was in a very dangerous situation, yet he was the safest of the safe because he was in the perfect will of God. Folks, when we are in the right place at the right time, the devil can't touch us. The enemy, the door to him is closed and it is locked. That does not mean that the attacks won't come. This attack came. The devil inspired that to kill this missionary. The attack came. But thank God, the Bible says, no weapon formed against us shall prosper hallelujah he keeps us in all of our days and in all of our ways if we will worship and we will reverence his name we are the safest of the safe he is our defender he is our refuge in a time of trouble proverbs 18:10 says this the name of the lord is a strong tower the righteous Run into it and they are safe. How many of you have faith in the name of Jesus? Oh, hallelujah. You know where to run in a time of trouble. You know what name to call upon. If all you have time to say is Jesus, Jesus. There's power in his wonderful name. The The Bible says here in the Spirit-filled Bible that the name of the Lord 
protects not only by strength, but by height. Safe here implies we are lifted out of reach. Woohoo! We are lifted out of reach. We run unto the tower. Hallelujah. Safe am I in the shelter of his wings. Safe am I when I declare the name that is above every name. We are the safest of the safe. Hallelujah. We do not have to fear what the enemy would try to do unto us. One last scripture in First John 5, 18 in the Passion. We are convinced that everyone fathered by God does not make sinning a way of life because the Son of God protects the child of God and the wicked evil one can not touch him. Hallelujah. Everybody say it with me. The wicked one touches me not. I am part of the untouchables. Hallelujah. Let's just rejoice. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your encouraging word today. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You give, let's stand up. Let's stand up for a moment. Let's just rejoice. Oh, we thank you, Lord. You have given your angels charge over us. We thank you, Lord. We are protected. We are kept. Hallelujah. Ha, 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 ha. Oh, mandariba shondra bakasi parataha. Now don't get discouraged and don't despair and get despondent if you have left a door open. If you have allowed yourself to get into strife, worry, fear, maybe even doubt and unbelief and thinking that God can't turn this situation around. Don't despair, but instead repent. All you have to do, folks, is say, Lord... I know, let's just do this together. Say, Lord Jesus, I repent for any doors that I have left open. And right now, by faith, I close those doors. And I thank you. The wicked one has no entrance into my life in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank Glory you, Lord. God. Thank you, Lord. Wow. Ha, ha, ha. Praise Thank God. Thank you, Jesus. I like that part about the latch. The word is the latch. Praise God, honey. That was a great message. And one of the things that I got out of that so much was, you know, you started out and you said we're not to give the devil any place, right? No place at all. Mm-hmm. But we're to make room for him. Mm-hmm. We're to make room for the word. Mm-hmm. Amen. In other words, we're to give the one thing that is so very needful in our lives. Martha didn't do that, but Mary did that. Mary seated herself at mm-hmm. the word of God yes, and she heard yes, yes. from the master. Mm-hmm. Now, I realized this, that during this pandemic, <laughs> we had a garage that was just full of stuff. And it took days and days to clean it out. What we had to do is we had to remove some things so we could make room for other things. That's right. And I think spiritually it's the same way. If we really want to give him place 
and give his word place and make room for him, there's some things we need to get rid of. Yeah, yeah that's right. And just remove those out of our lives. Amen. That message so resonated with me. I'm so thankful. Glory to God for the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And you for you and then do for you and you create Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, bless the Lord. No reason. No reason to fear. Instead, draw near. For you are mine and I am yours. And we brosata. And when we walk together in close fellowship, I will alert you. And I will show you on the inside, even the kamesa, the potential traps and snares of the enemy. And you will not stumble and you will not fall and you will be alerted ahead of time and you will be able to stop it before it ever comes to fruition. For for I am in you. I am with you. I am on you. And and I will guide and direct your steps. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank Glory you. Glory to God. Let's lift our hands. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory oh, to God. Oh, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And you cannot do this in your own strength. No, no, no. And you cannot do this in your own might. No, no. Keep but I am yours up. and you are mine. Yeah, yeah. And I'm living on the inside. I have given you the enablement and the ability to walk in what you've heard today. I've given you grace from up on high. Mm -hmm. So rejoice and be glad. For it is not up to you. It is me in you, the Lord of glory, that will strengthen you you, and cause you to triumph in this life. Hallelujah. (laughs) Glory to God. Glory to God. Not in your own strength, but in the strength of him. Be strong in the Lord. Yes, hallelujah. And in the power of His might. <laughs> draw <laughs> your strength from me, says the Lord. Yes. Draw, come on, let's just draw it right now. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands right now. Say, I draw strength from you. Thank you, Lord. I draw grace from you. Say it with me. I can. I can do all things. Through Christ, the Anointed One, the Anointed One, and His anointing, and His anointing, which strengtheneth me. Which strengtheneth me. Ha ha! Glory to God.